Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. How's everybody doing? I'm going to teach fast today because I believe the Lord is going to uh, reveal some uh, some powerful truths through his word. Uh, I do want to say happy Veterans Weekend to everybody. I want to thank you all for your service. Uh, today we're going to continue this series, What's in a Name? And, uh, and well, I've enjoyed teaching about these different names of God today, very unique name of God. It's one of the rarer names. We only see it a few times. Not the rarest, obviously, that was last week. Uh, but this is a name. Uh, that has great power and authority. It's the name Jehovah Mekadishkem. It's a mouthful, but it stands for a lot. So we're going to take a look at what it means. It, it literally means, and, and again, this is a, a paraphrasing, but Mekadishkem means the God who sanctifies. The God who sanctifies. And boy, sanctification is something. I was raised in church. Now remember, we would only hear about sanctification if the Spirit was really moving. I was raised in Assembly of God. And uh, somebody would say, are you grateful to be saved? Ah. Right? And everybody would say, yeah, glory. And i say, are you sanctified? Ah. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Right? They would say all this stuff. And I remember thinking, yeah, I think so. Like sanctified? If I knew what it meant, it sounds good. You know? He was hyped up enough when he said it. Surely it's a good thing. But I remember just kind of thinking, sanctified. What does that mean? And so today we're going to take a look at what sanctification really means. Uh, before I get into this too deep, I want to uh, just ask you, come join us next Saturday morning. Man, we're going to have a great time going throughout the city and passing out those bags. And uh, you didn't have to fill one up. You can come pass them out and be just as much of a blessing to the community uh, helping us pass them out. So uh, it's 9 o'clock across from the office on 178 Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Avenue. And uh, there's a big lot there. You'll see us out there. Um, Exodus chapter 31, verse 13 is the first time we see Jehovah Mekadeshkim. Uh, Exodus 31, 13. Let's read. It says, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you, or that you may know that I am Jehovah Mekadeshkim in the Hebrew. The Hebrew there is at the end. Uh, to paraphrase this verse, He's simply saying that there are certain laws that I'm going to put in place that will separate you from other people so that you'll know that you're mine and other people will know you're mine. You're going to be unique. Uh, and and, and just, just, just real quick, Asher, can you just come here and help me just real quick? Come here. I'm going to show you what sanctified means. Sanctified, thanks, kid. I know you don't like being in front of crowds. But um, when God sanctifies you, he pulls you apart from the crowd. And he does things for you that he doesn't do for everybody else. And the reason he does those things is so that everybody else can see the benefit of being with him. Right? And so they would have a desire in their heart to be sanctified and set apart. Right? Thanks, Asher. I just want to give you guys that image. To be set apart. Uh, to be set apart for a peculiar purpose the scripture talks about. Uh, let's go to Leviticus chapter 20. Uh, boy, Leviticus just a, how many of y'all like reading Leviticus? Wow. Yeah. 
Leviticus is like a spanking from front to back, isn't it? Uh, it's just tough. But there's a couple of gems in there, and one of them is here in uh, chapter 20, verse 7 and 8. It says, Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. And you shall keep my statutes and perform them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Or it would say, I am Jehovah Makedeshkem in the Hebrew. So all of these laws, which by the way, in the book of Leviticus, 251 rules that they had to keep just in that one book. How many of y'all are grateful we're not held to that standard today? How many of you are grateful for the grace covenant? Amen. So now we're in a grace covenant. Things are a little bit different, but sanctification has not changed. The power of being sanctified is still just as strong as it was then. But God has always either given rules, statutes, or the ability for certain people to be set apart for his specific use. And so we're going to take a deep dive into sanctification today. Uh, the word sanctified just simply means this, to be set apart or to be declared holy uh, or to be consecrated, which is just means separate. Uh, what's interesting is that in the book of Leviticus, we see all of these 251 rules, and those 251 rules only had one purpose, to separate the Israelites from everybody else. He said, you can't eat these things. Why? Well, because everybody else eats those well, you can't say those things because, well, everybody else says it. So I want you to go do this and say this and eat this and be this place and save this day for this specific purpose. And, and he gets 251 rules. And he says, if you walk out these 251 rules, and again, it ended up being 613 before it was over with, 613 Hebraic laws. If you walk these out, you'll be weird enough that people will say you're not like us. You'll be unique amongst other people. So just to give you an idea, this is how I know I couldn't have made it back then. A hot dog, take one bite of a hot dog. You broke two rules. Two rules. Processed food and pork. How many are out on Leviticus? Let's just skip over that, right? Leviticus is tough, man. It's tough. And so it goes through all of these laws about thou shalt not do this. If you do this, there's a curse on your house. And it's all through this. But Leviticus is not as complex as what you think. Leviticus actually can be summed up into three words. If I was teaching a group of third graders, here's how I would teach Leviticus. Leviticus is three words over and over and over again. I'm going to give you those three words. The first word is common. The second word is profane. And the third word is sacred. There are three categories in the entire book of Leviticus that break down everything that has ever been made into three categories. So again, let me give them to you. It's common, profane, or sacred. Well, what do those words mean? The word common means just kind of neutral. It's good. It's not bad in its nature. It's for regular use, and anyone could access it. It's just kind of there. Um, the word profane means that something is polluted or is dirty defiled and not to be touched by God's people. Then the word sacred is where we get the term sanctified. It's for God's special purpose or used only for God's special purposes. So sacred and sanctified are a very close cousin word to each other, right? So if you're reading through Leviticus, 
you will see things uh, that uh, say, and these things were common. And then I'll say, well, these things were considered profane. Well, these things were sacred. And do you know the only thing that took something from common to profane is God's word? And the only thing that took something from common to sacred, God's word. It's what God spoke about. And irrelevant of what we think today, God is still doing the same thing. What his word says still dictates what is good and what's bad for us, right? So if we read the scripture, we know God's plan for our life. We know what is still sacred and good for us. We know what's just kind of neutral, but we also know what is profane. What's really interesting is that the same thing can be both common and profane depending on how it's used. It's a true story. It's, it's interesting how this works. Uh, let's, let's take um, marriage relations, okay? Inside of a marriage, it's common. It's fine. It's good how God designed it. In a relationship outside the covenant of marriage, Leviticus says it's profane. Same thing, wrong context. So we've always got to be very careful that we don't let the world confuse us. See, that's what the devil does. He goes, are you sure that thing's profane? Are you sure that's profane? Because I thought I saw somewhere in there it's okay under certain conditions. I don't exactly remember the conditions, but it seems like in certain conditions it was okay. And see, that's why it's important. That's why I get up here week after week and tell you, get in your scripture. Because if you don't know, I promise you, the devil does. And he will take advantage of what you don't know, even if you don't know, you don't know it. So you got to be ready. He's, 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 he's a wily character. So we've got common, profane, and sacred. Profane is polluted, defiled. Sacred is just, it's sanctified, and only God can touch it. And again, what makes the difference? What God says, right? And, and, and can I also say this? It's not what uh, uh, the world says. It's not what the media says. It's not what the music industry says. What God says is what dictates what is common, what is profane, and what is sacred. Okay? Uh, let's, 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 let's give some examples. If I was going to give you an example today about uh, from Leviticus, but I was trying to teach Leviticus to third graders today, I would say there's something sacred in my house. It's a television. And it's only sacred from about 11 a.m until I go unconscious on Saturdays in the fall. The rest of the year, it's just common, right? And it can be profane if soccer's on it, right? So we have college football is in the fall from about 11 a.m. until the Western games go long after I'm asleep. And, and that TV's special to me during that time. And I, 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 I honestly, I love college football. But yesterday, Nora had a different plan. Arkansas had just been throttled by Auburn. Any Auburn fans in the room? Get it all out. Get it all out. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Beating Arkansas right now is, I mean, that's not saying a lot about your team, let's be honest. Uh, that's like, hey, I kicked the neighbor's cat. It's like, good, you're a human. You can kick cats. Okay. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> horrible analogy, Josh. Horrible analogy. So uh I'm watching television and Nora comes up and I'm I'm 
I'm still a little bit fumed over what happened to Arkansas. And I'm watching another game, and I'm cheering this game on. I'm like, man, this is good. It's fun to – I don't care who's playing. If it's a close game, I like to watch it just to see competition, right? And these guys are shooting out. I mean, going back and forth. And Nor goes, hey, Dad, I got a great idea. Let's put in a DVD called The Life of Pets. <laughs> and I said, hey, Nora, it's Saturday in the fall. Dad's TV is sacred. We're not under any condition watching the life of pets. As I get up to put in the DVD, the life of pets. And I'm putting in the DVD and Gabe goes, what are you doing? I said, son, I'm just going to let her watch it. And he goes, why? I said, because her happiness means more to me than my happiness. She can watch it. It doesn't matter. He goes, there's TVs all over the house. She can watch it. I said, son, listen, it's not worth the fight. Uh, Arkansas lost. It's just going to be a bad afternoon. Let's just let her watch what she wants to watch. The sacredness of that television went away based on what I said. It just doesn't matter. It's not for my use anymore. She can use it, whatever. And if it's more valuable to her, she can have it. And that's sacred to her. Whatever she's watching, great. Go have at it. Horrible cartoon, by the way. Horrible. Horrible life lessons all. Just pitiful. 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 Probably going to hide the DVD when I get home today. But uh, I, I wasn't in the right state of mind. Arkansas had lost. Okay. So what dad says dictates what is common, profane, sacred. What our father dictates in his word separates what is common, just everyday use stuff, not good or bad, kind of neutral spiritually. What is profane, off limits what is sacred, only for his purpose and for him to touch. Okay? Are we following? Because if you don't get this part, the next part's going to get even slippery for you, and I don't want that to happen. First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 4. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by what? By the word of God and prayer. Let me explain to you what this is. This is one of the first times that God had stepped across the law to give reasoning on something to eat. This was Paul writing to Timothy. Paul had these revelations that what the Jews had considered completely profane, God was saying it's okay now. There was a new extension of grace through Christ Jesus. Amen. And he was saying these things that we've withheld from because the law now aren't necessarily that important because now we're connected to God, not through the law, but through grace. And so he's writing to Timothy and Timothy says, okay, I, I think I know what you're saying. And so Paul says, let me clarify this for you. That now what God says does not come through the law. It comes through his word and through the Holy Spirit. And now to be sanctified through both the word and prayer right? Through the Holy Spirit. Let me explain. Let me give you one more, um, give me one, one more analogy. The Sabbath is one that we've got to look at. The Sabbath is one. I have a, a guy that I never see, uh, but he sends me about four messages through Facebook Messenger a week on why I'm a bad preacher because I don't keep the Sabbath. According to the Old Testament, I don't blow the shofar and I don't wear prayer garments when I pray. Okay, so again, 
in its time, in its season, was correct. Okay? Again, what God says is what dictates what's common, what's profane, and what's sacred. And just like marital intercourse, in context, something is okay, but in a different context, it's profane. In one season, keeping the Sabbath on Sunday or Saturday was everything to the Jews by the law. Now, according to grace, let me show you what the scripture says, because I want you to know what the scripture says, not what I think. It says in Mark uh, chapter 2, verse 27 and 28, then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath. He says, he says the Sabbath is irrelevant. Just take a day and dedicate that to God. When you worship, is up to you, right? Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 and 17 goes further about this day no longer being sacred, but just being common. But take any day and make a day sacred whenever you worship. It says, therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. So let me, and let me say this. There are all kinds of people who want to make things that are common sacred. But you got to be very careful because your eternity is not balanced in what man says. Your eternity is only balanced in what God says. And if God says that something that was once sacred is now just common, it's okay. And if God says that something that was once profane according to the law is now just common, it's okay. Now watch this. If you don't know the scriptures, you need to be careful because the devil manipulates us based on one thing being profane, one thing being common, one thing being sacred. See, I don't know how, how deep I need to go this morning, but um, you and I were born common. We were born common. There was only one human ever born sacred without sin. His name was Jesus. You and I, though, were born common, not profane, and not sacred. Because man has the free will to go become profane or to become sacred according to being sanctified by the word and prayer. Scripture, right? Okay, so now that we know that humans are born neutral, we have begun to unlock the purpose of the greatest war that mankind has ever seen. You and I are not really the warriors. We're kind of the collateral. We're the treasure. We're the reason the devil tries to get us to be profane, because if we're profane, we can never touch that which is sacred. You see, God doesn't touch those things that are profane. And if he can get you and I to live in such a way that we are profane according to the scripture, well, it means we're out of reach from our Father. But if we listen to the Holy Spirit and we receive Christ Jesus, no matter what the devil says, sacred, sanctified. Can I show it to you in the scripture? I want to show it to you in the scripture today because this is, this is powerful stuff. This is life-changing stuff. If you'll get this today, you'll change. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6 says this. 
but we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousness are as filthy rags. We all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. So even if you were born and, and somebody lied to you and said you were, you were other than common, you were sacred before Christ, they lied to you. Because even on your best day, you were profane compared to God. Your righteousness is like filthy rag. Your best day fails a million times over. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 says this. But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit through belief truth. We're being sanctified through, through the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus on the cross. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit of our God. Romans chapter 6, verse 14. Sin shall not have dominion over you. You are not under the law, but under grace. Anybody grateful for that today? Amen. So here's the picture. You and I are born common. And God says, in order for something to be in my presence... It has to be sacred. In order for anything to approach me, it has to make the jump from common to sacred. That process from jumping from common to sacred is called sanctification. It's the perfecting of who we are becoming every day in Jesus. Now watch this. Salvation is instant. Boom. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, congratulations, you say. But sanctification that doesn't stop till we get to heaven. That is a continual perfection. Day in, day out, God is working on. There used to be a song we'd sing, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be, right? Remember that song? Took him just a week to make the moon and the star, sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. Remember that? How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. Remember that song? Well, that's the truth until we die. We are constantly being sanctified. But here's the lie of the devil. This is why you need to know this stuff. The devil will confuse your sanctification and your salvation to you. Oh, saint, don't miss that one. Don't miss that one. Because he will tell you that just because you make mistakes, you've lost your salvation. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna talk to you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you this, what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14 says, for by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Show me the confusion in that. For by a single offering, look at your neighbor and say single. Turn to the other neighbor and say just one. Turn to the other neighbor and say for all time. Just one for all time. See, this is why it's important that you know the scripture. Because this scripture, I've whooped the devil at least a hundred times with this one verse. You see, the devil will say, hey, Josh, you put it in the ditch. And I'll say, hey, devil, a single offering. <laughs> He'll say, hey, Josh, you came in the best husband today. Devil, 
single offering. You know, Josh, you haven't been the best dad. You hadn't dedicated the time you should. Single offering. Hey, Josh, according to Leviticus, you put it in the ditch 120 times today. He'd make Kizzy miss a note on, uh, made Leah miss a note on the keyboard. She went, oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified for all time your salvation is secure your sanctification is ongoing you know why it goes until you pass away because at that time sin has lost righteousness stands and you can enter into the presence of God as a sacred vessel at that A single offering. Aren't you grateful for a single offering today? I wish I could tell you how many times I have failed. And this verse got me back. You see, I was raised where a single offense ruined me for all time and kept me from being sanctified. That's why I was raised. See, I wasn't taught grace. I wasn't taught the truth about salvation and sanctification. But see, the devil is so good at what he does that he will come to you with a lie. He'll say, Pat, you messed up one too many times. You have outrun the grace of God. And all Pat has to do is say, hey, devil, a single sacrifice. <laughs> hey, devil, single offering. Just one. But, 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 but Taylor, you, you, you really messed up. You don't understand. You really According to Leviticus, according to the law, you have blown it. And Taylor can look the devil square in the face and say, single offering, and you are defeated by one sweet, single sacrifice. The devil was forever placed under your feet. That's what the scripture says. Go read it. It says, if by one man sin entered in to humanity, then by one man, the Christ, righteousness. That's what the scripture says. And why does that matter? It matters because the scripture says that the scripture is powerful to the tearing down of imaginations that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. You see, the devil paints all these crazy imaginations about you. And if you believe it, you begin to think that you're unworthy, that you're not sacred, that you can't go to your father anymore. And by one single sacrifice, it was finished. And the devil comes in trying to rob you of your peace. One single offering. When he comes in and tries to ruin your family, one single offering. 
when he comes in and he tries to steal your joy. One single offering. That's all you got to tell him. One single offering, get gone. Get lost, devil. Because see, if you don't do that, he begins to pile on and pile on. And then he starts reminding you about your past. Oh, Lord, the weight of our past. I don't know if your past is heavy like mine. But boy, the devil can heap it on, can't he? Remember that one time you did such and such and such and such? Yeah, think about it all the time. Yeah. But then you add on what you did. You're 16 years old. You remember that? Good Lord, don't even bring that whole year up. Remember get your driver's license? Yeah, devil, just stop. Well, you remember he's 20. Such and such. Yeah, I remember. He just continues to pile it on and pile it on and pile on until pretty soon we acknowledge ourselves as common again. And the whole time, all of heaven, the Bible says they rejoice in great throngs when one comes to salvation, that all of heaven explodes into a celebration. Why? Because you have acknowledged yourself the way God has seen you the whole time. Sacred. You are a child of God. You're not like the world. Not like the world. Sacred. Set apart. Why are you set apart? So that he can use you to go seek out which is common and make it sacred. Greatest rescue mission the world has ever known. And you and I have been charged with it. To live a life just acknowledging one single sacrifice. And then we find somebody who's in the ditch. We go and encourage them. We say, the ditch is not for you. Come on, the golden streets are for you. You're sacred. Come with me. Let me show you how much God loves you. Pull people out of the ditch, one by one. Isn't it beautiful? <clears throat> Sanctification. The process of going from common the sacred, sanctified. The scripture says that it's by his word. God has called you sanctified. Are you grateful for it today? If you're grateful for it, get up on your feet. I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, sanctified. I'll have some of that. One single offering. So important to know your word. So important to know the word. Get in the scripture. See what it has to say about you. I promise you, if you had a loved one pass away and an attorney called you to his office and gave you that will, you'd come through that bad boy. Every line. See what you had coming. I got something better than that. Because... What happens in a will dies when you die. What happens in the word lives forever. Get busy learning it. Get busy digging through it. There's some blessings in there for you. Amen. Lord, we love you. I just want to say thanks. By ourselves, we had no way of going from common to sacred. Yeah, there's no hope for us. 
but one single offering. One single offering. That's all it took. And Lord, today, if we believe, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, that single offering is perfecting us for all time. That means Jesus don't have to get back on the cross every time I blow it. It's powerful enough to do it one time for all of eternity. Today we stand sanctified in your sight because of Jesus. And I just want to tell you thank you for doing what we couldn't do for ourselves. I want to tell you I love you. That you're worthy of every... We used to sing a song that if we had a million tongues to worship, we couldn't worship you enough. If we had a million hands to raise, we would fall short. And that's the truth. So Lord, from the humility of our hearts, hear a thank you today. An earnest thank you for separating us from that which is profane. For taking us away from commonality and making us sacred in your eyes for setting us apart for your purpose. Thank you for that. Thank you. I pray that you bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace, both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Not even our own ignorance. Lord, help your people not to be ignorant of your word. Teach us your word. Draw us to the scripture like never before so we can know what to reply when the enemy says what he said. Teach us how to whoop the devil according to the scripture. We'll sure be grateful for it. Bring us back next week with more wisdom, more of your word locked away in our heart, and we'll give you the praise for it. Take us in grace return us in peace. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next Sunday. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care and God bless.